Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of the Porter Tonecast. We're so excited today. We're going to be talking with Ben Nystrom from uh, Nystrom Guitars. He's the owner and the builder for that guitar company. So we're excited to be talking to him about his company and just the gear world in general. And if anyone uh, is looking for a little more information on the podcast or Porter Guitars, Porter Pickups, all sorts of stuff, you can head over to all sorts of social media. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you search Porter Pickups or Porter Guitars, you'll be able to find our social media as well as websites, porterpickups.com, porterguitars.com. And we're excited this week. We should be kind of the, we have a virtual builder going up on our um, Porter Guitars page that we're really excited about. So head over to porterguitars.com and check out the virtual builder. Have some fun designing yourself a guitar. And I'm, as always, joined here in the studio by Brian. Brian, what's up? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we were just joking about that this think, morning. That That's my response to everything. So I feel uh, like that's kind of going to be your signature now. It's almost like the podcast song and then, hey, how's it going, is kind of like all in one it, sort of thing. And we can't really get away from it. So I'm going to try to like have a different response. But but when it comes down to the pressure moment, I look over there and I see yeah. the, I see the recording bar progress going. I can't. I can't help myself. That's all you so do. I apologize That's okay. to all of our listeners. I really like, think like, I mean, every iconic radio personality has a sign off. <laughs> Yours is just a sign on. Always sign on. Just yeah. sign on. So at the end of the show, we could be like, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Catch us next week. Hey, how's it going? That's literally what I'm going to do now. I'm <laughs> okay. going to make that Sounds happen. Sounds good. Well, that's great. And <laughs> and also, you know, funny thing is that next week I will be out of town. And so, I know. What uh, are you going to do? I don't know. It, I feel like your Thursday morning will just not feel complete without a hey, how's it going? Like you might just have to call me. Yeah, like, that's hey, true. How's it going? Le- leave a little voicemail. Just just call the business and say, hey, how's it going? I'll, so I'll pick up and you'll you'll be like, hey, how's it going? And I'll be like, you know, it's fine. Hang up. Boom. Exactly. You're just done. Exactly. You didn't didn't actually want to know. You just needed to say it on a yeah. Thursday morning. Yeah. Feel good. So it'll be good. You'll be holding down the fort by yourself. And, oh yeah, and that'll be fun. So absolutely. Well, like I said, we've got an interview with Ben Nystrom that we uh, recorded a little bit earlier, so let's go ahead and jump straight into that. All right, so we're here with Ben Nystrom of Nystrom Guitars. Ben, how's it going? Hey, guys. Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Doing all right? Yeah, we're hanging in there. It's a rainy day, you know, just trying to trying to get this thing going, but we're excited to have you on the show. We're looking forward to this conversation Um We've been wanting to have you on the show, I think, since we started the show, and now we're finally making it happen. So we're we're excited about that, kind of featuring some of our guitar builder friends and industry buddies and things like that. So yeah, why don't, yeah, why don't you start, Ben, by just kind of telling us a little bit about you and your company, um, kind of just give us the brief overview of, of Nystrom Guitars, who you guys are. and, and... Yeah, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Um, so... Uh, started about four years ago. I think it'll be four years here in, uh, in May and, um, had kind of, um, reached a point in my life where, um, I was looking for, um, not necessarily a change, but just, um, something, something more to, to do in, in my life. I had, uh, I'd been a traveling salesman since I was in my, um, real early twenties and, um, you know, so 40 was kind of looming and, um, 
had uh, been batting around just just some ideas on on how to kind of get myself off the road or or just you know limit limit my travel some um so that was kind of um so what had happened was is that i i kind of restructured the business that i was involved so that i i could be home more with my kids and and stuff like that so um i did that and i you know became very successful at at doing that, like I, I basically had a mobile office and I was able to do a lot of my, you know, normal tasks, um, still mobily and, um, just kind of found myself in a position where I had, um, you know, more free time. And so I, um, started kicking around this idea of just sort of, you know, building guitars on the side and, uh, mainly for myself, um, I just I I liked the idea of being able to um, customize and sort of choose more what I wanted, and I thought, um, you know, I'll just build a couple of these, and um, it was kind of like this uh, idea that opened up, and I thought, you know, I know a lot of musician friends, and I have a lot of people that um, that that I just hang out with who play and you know, we're always swapping instruments anyways. And I thought, you know, maybe somebody will think a couple of these are pretty cool and they'll just want to buy it and, uh, not necessarily make any money off it, but, you know, at least recoup perhaps my investment in, in it. And then, uh, you know, I, I could just, uh, do it all over again, basically. And, and if it sells cool, um, if it doesn't, then I have a really, uh, really rad instrument to play. So that was kind of how I, I, I viewed it. Um, never intended to start a business at all. <laughs> <laughs> just, seems, just did. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say that seems to be kind of a general theme with a lot of the guys in our industry. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think it's a little bit more intentional than, than that. I mean, I think that the people who do form businesses are already business minded to begin with. So not all, but 80, you know, 80% of them, I think. So it's almost like a subconscious thing. It's already like in your DNA and it just, once you start to get a little traction and, and you get excited about an idea, then it's like, all right, typical entrepreneur, you know, or typical person with entrepreneurial, um, spirit and ideas is just gonna keep building. Um, that's just kind of, that's just kind of what we do is, is, creative people you know we just we see opportunities and we love the building aspect of it and uh that's we're just kind of like you know crazy people off to the races so <laughs> absolutely so that the first couple like you you built the first couple and then you were looking to uh show them to friends and things like that so what was that kind of like was that nerve-wracking kind of like hey try this out i hope you like it or what was kind of that first like showing to other people moment like I had a lot of certainty in it um, for some reason. I just I knew that I was sort of gifted in the area of I, I knew that you know I could pick something out that was cool, and I knew that other people would think the same way. And just in the sense that, like, I think everybody who loves guitars and music and um, 
instruments, like you already have that element of loving to share, you know, it's like when we used to swap mixtapes, you know, as I mean, I'm an an eighties kid. And so like, you know, that's, that's all we would do. It was like, you're always turning each other on to like different types of music, you know, or you swap records or you're like, Hey, have you heard of this band? You know? And to me, it was just kind of like, you know, check this out. You know, we're, we're just, um, it was something different that I knew that. So I, I guess I had a lot of certainty in that or confidence maybe. Um, it was, um, it got more interesting as, um, I started showing it to people who, um, were more in the industry and who were say better at guitar or, um, you know, my teacher, my guitar teacher at the time, um, and still is, I still chat with him quite a bit with James Duke. And he, um, you know, I kind of talked to him about the idea and uh, he's very supportive and he was just like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, you know, and I think you should really go for it. And so that, that helped, you know, just having his sort of, you know, encouragement, um, kind of helped me plot along. Um, so yeah, it was, it's kind of a mixture. Um, I think I had enough momentum to just kind of keep it going every, every step I took, um, and the, the scarier it got per se, and the more it sort of evolved into like, wow, this might actually turn into a business or be like a viable product that I can put out into the world. Um, yeah, the scarier it got. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> For sure. Well, backing up maybe a little bit further, Ethan, than Nystrom and starting a company, what was kind of your first experiences with guitar? What kind of, I guess, sold you, started your relationship with playing guitar? Um, for me, it was when I was really young. I, um, you know, again, I was an eighties kid. So, um, when I was in like first grade, 1981, I think was when MTV started and I was just transfixed. I mean, I was just absolutely mesmerized with the fact that I could, um, see music in front of me. Um, and, and that, was really like the switch. Um, I started seeing all these things and wanting to emulate and wanting to look like and wanting to just basically do, you know, what I was seeing. And um, I actually started out as a drummer. Um, you know, I would watch videos and I would watch how they would hold their hands. And um, so, so the drums, for whatever reason, I took to instantly. Um, I was actually really good at a, at a really young age. And Um, but I was always just really fascinated with, with just music in general and, and guitar playing and things of that, that nature. So, um, but guitar playing was very intimidating to me. So, um, and it was just a lot harder. I didn't come by it naturally at all. Um, so one of the things that happened was that I'm going to I think this was probably 1984, 1985. So I was like nine or 10 years old and, um, um, I would stay at my grandparents' house, you know, on the weekends, like most kids. Um, and, you know, as I was growing older, my grandma would be like, you know, hey, you know, to my grandpa, take take him downstairs and, you know, shoot BB guns in the basement or whatever. So we would go down to the basement and my grandpa had a, a wood shop and he would make these really cool 
ornate sort of letters for people. So like, you know, back then everybody had a encyclopedia set and then you'd have like bookends and they were these like really cool wooden letters that were, you know, the grain was real pronounced and he would varnish them. And so he'd have like a, an A and a Z. And then in between you'd have all your encyclopedias or you'd have, you know, different things to just kind of, yeah, and he would make these and he would sell them um, in, in the little town that I grew up. He would um, – there were some places that had storefronts and he would just put them in the storefront and they would sell. And so he was always making those. And so he had all the tools and everything you know, in his wood shop. And I just – I asked him, I said, you know, can we start – can we try and make these guitars that um, I'm seeing on television nonstop? And uh, – <laughs> So long story short, we, we took a crack at it and, um, you know, it was basically just mock-up stuff. I mean, we, we would cut bodies out, um, you know, we would, um, joint boards together and just kind of like, you know, take different things and, and try and sort of hodgepodge it together. We'd never produced anything that was really a stringed instrument per se, but, uh, it had the appearance of one and it was just for fun, you know, it was just for play. And, um, but that was, that was the beginning of, of the dream, you know, and I didn't even realize this, um, until, um, basically about five years ago. Um, so this was like a, uh, something that started that I did with my grandpa. He's still alive. Uh, I think he's gonna be 89 this month. Wow. So it's very cool. I see him probably, you know, for, I don't know half a dozen, 10 times a year. And, you know, we, uh, continue to talk about it. He's always like very interested in what's going on. So it's cool. Something happened 30 some years ago, you know, and him and I can now, um, share in that a little bit. That's great. That's very cool. Yeah. That's kind of, we, we like to ask people about like kind of what they, what got the bug and kind of what, what drives them and the inspiration behind the guitar stuff, because it's always, it's always interesting. I mean, I think we all kind of have a common thread and that there was a point where we heard or saw something and it stuck with us. And now we're all, you know, <laughs> we're all kind of stuck in this guitar life now because of <laughs> that, like one, you know, changing moment in our lives. And that's pretty cool to hear that story. And, and, you know, as you, as you've kind of built this company, it's probably kind of cool to go back to, to grandpa and say, Hey, check this out. Like we're making this now. And, and yeah. all that. That's, that's pretty cool. Do you, do you still have any of those original things that you tried to make? I wish I did. did I, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't. My parents moved out of like my childhood home, um, excuse me, back in 2003. And I think that, yeah, that I think, I think they went by way of the dumpster, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, crazy. The, the one that I missed the most was, um, actually my first, um, like actual guitar. Um, I mean, it would be awesome to have, you know, the ones that my grandpa and I, you know, pissed around with, but, um, my actual first guitar was a Charvette, which was like the low grade version of a Charvel. Um, <laughs> but it had a Strat style body. And, um, so that was the first one. So this was when I was like 16, 17, early nineties. I got that. And that was my first guitar. And I, um, so that I like completely sanded down, um, sanded all the paint off of it, you know, um, replaced the pickups. Um, that was when I really started to catch the bug for modifying stuff and just, 
you know, Eddie Van Halen was real influential, uh, to me, you know, um, 1984, that album. And, and the, actually it was the album before that diver down that just absolutely stopped me dead in my, you know, just stopped me in my tracks. Um, there's some really underrated tracks on that album. Um, and there's some really just incredible instrumental songs, you know, like, um, there's a song called cathedrals where he is doing all this really cool stuff with the volume knob. And, you're just like, you listen to it and you're like, what in the heck is that? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. So until, you know, I saw him like in some live video, I didn't even know what the heck he was doing. Like he's just doing that with his volume knob. And so, sorry, I know I'm going off a little bit, but no, um, it's great. He, he had, he had always, you know, him and Les Paul had, would, would always joke that, ah, we're the only ones that really know how to build a guitar, you know, <laughs> like they would, I don't know. They, I guess, it, or at least that's what Les Paul would say to to Ed, and it just struck me so much that here's this amazing player, probably the best player since Jimi Hendrix, and he's not afraid to mess with his guitar. And um, so I, you know, read all this stuff about how he would just replace, you know, every the the whole Frankenstein guitar in and of itself was just, you know, and how he would cut. Um, cut his speakers because he knew that's what the kinks did, you know? And so a lot of it was just all this discovery um, back then in the real early nineties that, you know, and I, I thought, you know what, I can just take a chisel to my guitar and, you know, I can chisel out a single coil route um, and turn it into a humbucker and it can kind of look like crap and it can still be cool. Cause Ed did it, you know? Yeah, that's so, great. That was that was really, I think, where I I I think we all have those moments where we say to ourselves, I can do that, too. That's awesome. So coming back to Nystrom, kind of maybe walk us through a progression a little bit of how you started out. Um, were you building all kind of custom one offs for people or what was kind of the process of you starting out? Once you sort of formalized, you wanted to do it and maybe then take us through sort of what has kind of progressed in the last few years. Sure. So um, I, um, when I started, it was it was all spec stuff. So it was basically just me, you know, speculating what people would think was cool. And um, I would um, I basically would get parts and um, compile them together and I would just find stuff that was really cool. I think one of the first ones that I did was either the first one was like sort of a violin burst and I had never really seen a burst like that. So, you know, I procured that body and, um, another one was, um, Oh, it was like this really cool burnt pine. So it was a pine body and it was just it was burnt and it had this really, really awesome, uh, finish on it. And it was like a, a real limited edition. So I would try and look for stuff like that, that I knew wasn't your run of the mill stuff. And, um, um, actually the burned pine one was a commission build. So it just, it kind of all happened together. And then the, um, what I did is I started posting pictures on Instagram and this was like 2013, when Instagram was really in its infancy, 
Yeah. And um, people would just flip out at a guitar. <laughs> they saw, you know, it's yeah. like, it was so weird. It's so weird just in, in hindsight to think that four short years ago, people were just losing their mind over, you know, these things that you could post. <laughs> and so all of a sudden I just started getting tons of emails um, people asking if I had a website, you know, like expecting me to have my crap together. And, um, you know, I just, I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna take this stuff as it comes. And, you know, um, so, so to answer your question, you know, that's, it was, um, we were basically a parts builder. Um, but that I, I, I realized real quickly that for some reason, um, and I understand it more now, but I didn't understand at the time that, you know, you shouldn't be using like uh, fender replacement necks. You know, it was kind of frowned upon. And there was this kind of this stigma attached to um, building a quote unquote parts guitar. So I would say probably one to two months within the time that I started accepting custom builds, um, I I was kind of at this, this uh, fork in the road of well, what am I going to do? Like, I'm realizing that, you know, this is actually sort of frowned upon in the guitar world. So it was a, it was a weird, weird kind of time, um, to be experiencing that. So, um, yeah. So what, what I ended up doing was, um, I just, I, I had to shift, you know, I, I figured, well, if we're going to pursue this, um, fully, then we're going to have to start, uh, building our own stuff. So we kind of just did it real gradual. Um, uh, the, the first thing that, um, you know, I, I did not have any, uh, luthier experience at the time. So, um, I started working with a friend of mine who, um, who did, and, and, uh, we had another, um, friend, mutual friend who, um, was, you know, able to shape necks. And so basically hired him to start building us necks. And so we just kind of like gradually transitioned into, um, the whole building, actual building phase. I think it took me about three, four months to, um, maybe longer, maybe six months to get to the point where, um, you know, we were able to manufacture, um, every, everything kind of in-house, so to speak. And, um, so, but it was a, it was a, it was a gradual transition, uh, into that and just kind of managing the whole idea of a, of a new business. So, absolutely, um, yeah, so we've, we've kind of, you know, been doing, um, that I, I feel like for about three years. So, um, and along with that has just come, you know, custom, you know, over the top customization. I mean, things that, that don't even necessarily make sense. I mean, people just want <laughs> to build something that's completely different. Like they still want classic looks, um, but they want it to be, you know, just kind of over the top. We're doing a Strat style guitar right now that has um, it's it's Burns influenced. Uh, what is it? Burns London the the company based out of there so it's like it's got a pick guard that's similar to that or it's inspired by that and you know the guy wants a mastery jazz master bridge <laughs> and he wants a bigsby on that and he wants 
a roasted maple uh, neck, you know, a different, completely different radius than what, you know, we normally do. He wants a seven, 7.25 radius. And it's just like, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's just everybody's will throw everything at you at this point be, just to be a little different. And I think it's cool. I mean, it's, it's what keeps, um, the, the industry interesting, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's kind of just become, it can get a little ridiculous at times, but you know, overall I, I embrace it and I think it's pretty cool to, cause I, I just love to see things evolve, you know? And I think that's, if you look at our company where we started from, uh, four years ago versus now, I think it's just been, you know, a, a com- continual evolution and, um, a journey and, uh, you know, just a, just a process, a process that I'm proud to be a part of. Very cool. Yeah. It was kind of along the, on the, along the lines of the kind of guitar journey and the construction and stuff. What are some of the, the key elements in a build that you just, they're like kind of your, your flagship things or the things that your guitars are known for? Hmm. I think that's a good question. I think that what we're known for at this point is just really making high quality classic designs with, um, with no need for any upgrades. Um, you know, we, we supply our instruments with the best hardware from the get go. Um, the best pickups, uh, I don't know, it's this company called Porter pickups. You might've heard <laughs> of them. Yeah. They, we, we know some things about those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's a you lot have, of hype a lot of yeah. hype yeah just a hype machine but, you know you and i spent what over six months just developing a whole pickup line for our guitars mm-hmm. um so you know i i think that people like us because we've sort of done a lot of the legwork for them and um they know that every component and every part is going to be American made, um, you know, the highest quality that it can be. And, um, yeah, so I, I hope that's what we're known for. I've, I've read some stuff online that says, uh, contact nice from guitars. They'll build you absolutely anything. And I've, <laughs> and do you cringe my, a little bit when you see that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's funny, Brian and I have a mutual friend, Austin Papp. Um, Austin does um, a fair amount of work for me and with me. He's, you know, him and I have worked together um, for almost almost the whole time that I've been in business. Um, you know, probably about three and a half years. But anyhow, he uh, he was the one who who said it to me, and he's always the one who's kind of like trying to encourage me to not be that person, and uh, <laughs> because it can. <laughs> It can drive you, uh, can drive you insane. So I'm trying to find that balance. Yeah. Well, it's gotta be hard. Like you said, I mean, just so many options and right now, especially I think with just how the internet has evolved and incorporated itself in the music industry, it's like people know every minute detail of every model of every brand of guitar that's ever existed. It's gotta be hard to kind of take all of that information and still be able to produce a quality product that you're proud of sometimes you know i don't know just being i'm sure like you know sometimes we have stuff where it's like we don't 
we've never tried anything like that. And so you have to go through the process and everything just to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, we're definitely in a me too environment. There's it's, it's become a very saturated, um, market, um, because of it, you know, things like Instagram, um, you know, again, like four years ago, um, there were very few, you know, guitar companies and, you know, who were utilizing that. And I think if you fast forward a year later, um, in the 2014, I mean, you know, you, you had, you know, it was like a thousand percent greater. I mean, you just had yeah. so many people sort of jumping in that. And I think that, um, because people realized that there was, we were experiencing not just us, but a lot of other companies were experiencing, you know, um, tremendous success by, uh, with, with free advertisement. It was literally free, um, advertisement. And I knew it was going to end at some point. Um, not completely, but you, you know, it, that was a pretty big wave. You know, that was some pretty cheap advertisement for a lot of companies, you know, probably yourself, sure. so probably yourselves included. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the game's starting to change and it, it, it started, um, I don't know, maybe one and a yeah. half to, to two years ago in here in the last six months, I feel like it's, it's been a rapid, absolutely rapid change. So, well, we, I mean, we kind of already touched on this right now, but this wraps right into a question that we ask almost everyone we have on, but what are kind of, you know, maybe beyond what we've already talked about, but is there anything else in the gear industry that you see as kind of being trends that are starting to occur or, things that you um, have found that you're battling against that you didn't used to have to or whatever that is? Yeah. Um, I think that I think people, I think buyers are more cautious now. I think everybody's taken a little step back. Um, and I think that, you, you know, I think that the, the trend that I'm seeing the most is that, uh, how do I say this nicely? Everybody really wants a, a, a good deal. <laughs> sure. Like it, it used to be that you could, I felt like anyhow, that you could really stress quality and, and people, um, people wanted that and they were willing to accept that and pay for it. And I think that, you know, it's just become sort of an environment where they don't just want quality they want a better price and they want it quicker and they want to add this to it and and you know so it's just it's just increased there's just more uh that people want their cake and eat it too and and <laughs> i think people have always been like that and always will continue to be like that but it just be i guess it's become more apparent to me um recently and i i think that you know, everything sort of cycles, um, in, in indus- any industry that you look at. And I think that we are on the verge of, uh, a pretty decent shakeup and somebody is really poised and set to just drop a bomb and, and change the industry. You know, it, it, it seems to happen about every three to four to five years. Um, 
so I think I think something big is coming. I don't know if it'll be from us. I don't know if it'll be from you guys. Um, but but somebody, yeah, somebody's gonna switch it up, and um, that's the only thing that I've been able to sort of rely on is knowing that this game is constantly evolving and yeah. constantly constantly changing and every time it does it spits a few other people out and i just try really hard to not be one of those people who gets <laughs> spit out by it <laughs> yeah you kind of feel like you go through these phases of like um yeah this is working out really good for us in terms of exposure and engagement and things like that and then all of a sudden it's like you know we think about like facebook business pages where it was like, man, we got if we can get up to this many followers, think of the exposure we'll get. And then we get, you know, for 10,000 followers, we get three likes on a post. And you're just like, <laughs> I just paid them a bunch of money, you know, to try to get those followers. And those, you know, those guys chose to like my page. But now I get, you know, I get low engagement. So it is a constant battle. And I, I think, you know, um, we've talked enough just about business across the board. And it's kind of like, um, you know, learning by example from those guys that have been in the industry for a long time. And so maybe talk a little bit about, I know that you guys had a, um, I wasn't able to make it, but there was a group of builders that met with Bob Taylor and you guys got to pick his brain on some, some business stuff. And maybe talk about some of those type of influences in the way that, that you do things. Cause I know that you think that way as well, just trying to, you know, trying to stay relevant, but knowing that the guys that, you know, have passed all these little mini waves are still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting with Bob was, um, really a once in a lifetime experience. Um, you know, just, I had read his book. We were encouraged to read his book, uh, guitar lessons. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now on my bookshelf. Um, cause it's something that I do reference, um, a lot. And, um, you know, Bob has, is, is so good at process and, you know, figuring out, um, the quickest way, uh, most, I should say the most efficient way to do something the absolute best. So, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't cut corners, um, where quality is, is sacrificed, but if there's a way to, um, turn an, an assembly into a 16 minute process, um, he's, he's the man, he's, he's the guy who's going to figure out ways to do it. So, you know, that was what was just so incredibly, um, opening for me was that all these processes, all these places where we, you know, stub our toe, um, Bob's got it completely systematized and, you know, it's, it's volume, volume has solved a lot of his problems. And that was something that a mentor of mine told me. 20 some years ago, you know, that volume takes care of a lot of your problems. And, and so just seeing, um, the, the volume that they do and seeing how, um, you know, they, they are able to just be efficient in all aspects of building a guitar was really cool. And it was really encouraging and, um, you know, just being, um, around him. I mean, he was just, so amazing. I mean, at one point he made me coffee, you know, it's like there's 20 of us sitting around just shooting the breeze and, you know, he's asking me what I, what I would like in my espresso, you know, and just like, it's just like, it was just one of the weirdest experiences. It's like, you know, and then like three hours later, he's handing me a, a Corona. Um, 
you know, it was just really cool to be able to um, just sit down and 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 be with these other guys, everybody that I truly, you know, respect in the industry. Um, it was the first time that I got to really sort of bond with, you know, Doug Cower and um, um, Chris uh, Chris Benson and um, you know Daniel from Salvage and um, Tim Marcus from Milkman and um, you know I'm sure I'm leaving a bunch of people out. Please forgive me if they're listening, but <laughs> it was. Um, it was, uh, like I said, it was a once in a lifetime experience. And I think my biggest takeaway from that was that, um, I need to focus on production and I need to focus on becoming efficient at a lot of, a lot of the things that I haven't been able to really, you know, I, uh, at that point hadn't been able to be efficient at. So, you know, and I know that Doug, that's where the whole idea of the uh, the Titan for uh, for Coward Guitars that that's where that idea was birthed. You know, that's where Doug was able to look and see what um, uh, Bob was doing, and it it inspired him. You know, and at the time, I kind of doubted it. You know, my theory was, you know, Doug, I gotta, you know, I, there's no margin for error, and you know, but he he saw something different, and now, you know. A year and a half later, I, I can kind of see what what he saw finally, you know. And, and Doug's got a lot more experience. He's been in this game a lot longer than me, so that for him was something that he needed at the time. And it was it was cool. It's cool now to see the Titan be what it is a year and a half later after you know that that little um, idea was sparked in him. So yeah, it, it's awesome. Just, it, it's just fun to experience that stuff with other builders and other other people you know yeah definitely it's kind of cool that just see um you know see the inspiration from a guy that's done it so long and, and you know he's very far from traditional in terms of the way that he approaches manufacturing obviously because they've done so many innovative things that have yeah. you know that have allowed them to grow further you know and it's like if you can build three more in the same amount of time, but also sell those three, you know, in the same amount of time, then it's like, you're right. Your business starts to expand and it starts to grow. And, um, really like you're not just doing efficiency for efficiency sake, but it really is helping the bottom line. It's allowing you to hire more people and it's allowing you to, you know, stay in business. Hopefully that's the, that's yeah. the idea at the end of the day. So I'd love to go kind of switch back to, um, a couple things here, kind of just uh, maybe talk about um, just run run over a couple of your current models, and then if you want to touch on anything that's coming up, if you can tell us about um, anything that you may have in the fire. So we we have a a JM style um, that's called a cathedral, uh, a T style that is called a kestrel, and then um, we have our own uh, unique offset design that we just released last summer called the Valterra. Um, so those are kind of our, our three main designs that we roll with and we do different variations of those presently. Um, I do have a, uh, carved top semi hollow that I'm going to be releasing in the fall. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and then also, um, by Nam uh, we will be releasing what's called our K series. And 
I don't want to reveal a whole lot because we're still working towards that and working on it right now. But um, it it will, I guess I'll put it this way. It's going to give um, people who haven't perhaps been able to afford our guitars in the past, it's going to give them a much better opportunity in order to do that. So um, that's pretty much all I can reveal. But I, I am going <laughs> to reveal the series at NAMM. And uh, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. I've uh, kind of done some testing on some of my friends and um, in, in just in the sense of like, hey, would this be appealing to you and other people that I know in the industry? And um, yeah, I've gotten some really encouraging feedback with it. And it's actually, I've had a few people tell me, you know, like, hey, I was definitely one of those people who thought I could never afford one of your guitars and uh, I'm really excited about this opportunity to be able to, to afford one now. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So do you have a, do you have an anticipated kind of uh, release for those or should people just kind of follow your social media to kind of watch for that? Do you, is that, is that the best option? Yeah, I think, um, so our Instagram is, uh, Nystrom underscore guitars. So at Nystrom underscore guitars, um, and then our Facebook page is Nystrom Guitar Company. Uh, I think my Twitter is at NY Guitars. And our website is nystromguitars.com. So, yeah, we'll be doing a full launch. Uh, expect that, you know, early, mid-July, I guess. Very cool. Well, thanks so much, Ben, for being on the show today. We appreciated having you. And look for for those who are uh, unfamiliar with with nice from guitars definitely check out those links that ben mentioned we'll put some stuff in our podcast extra about <laughs> nice from guitars we'll do some put some video links and some links to the website and his social media there so you can find that through the page and again ben thanks so much for being on the show and uh, appreciate it we're looking forward to kind of seeing what's next um from you and enjoyed the conversation today yeah thanks guys i really appreciate you having me on it was it was fun to kind of reminisce and and yeah just uh share share with you guys so thank you awesome yeah, thanks, thanks ben man. well that was a great interview with ben nystrom like he said please go check out nystrom guitars on all their social media as well as their website they've got some amazing models and it's just cool to kind of check it out so go ahead and do that next week on the podcast brian's actually going to be gone so i'll be here in the studio and i think we're going to have our building team for porter guitars here as well Ben and Brandon are going to come in and we're going to talk a little bit about guitars, our guitars, maybe some other guitars. I don't know. It's just going to be a fun conversation. So be sure to tune in. Bye.